0: Can you, give, uh, can you give God a hand clap? Can we give him a hand clap tonight? You know, I, I've read John 3.16 all my life. And uh, pastor about a year ago, um, about a year and a half ago, I ended up in the hospital. Um, I really had a, a road to Damascus experience. And the Lord, uh, you know, I was sitting there, and I went back to what I knew. I was reading my Bible when I was reading John 3:16, and I began to draw. That's what I've done from a kid, you know, from a young young age. And I began to draw that. And the doctors were saying surgery and this kind of surgery, and they were going to open me up. And and um, the Lord, I mean, he, I heard him. He'll He'll speak if we listen. And he said, "Paint. I want you to paint." And I drew this picture, and it was the face of Jesus. And I've got several of these I do, but um, he. You know, I said, Lord, I can't paint. If I'm cut open, it's going to be a while. I'm not going to be doing nothing. And I heard paint. I want you to paint. And so um, I went in for surgery, and they kept me there for a week, and they were telling me all these things with my heart, and everything was wrong. And, um, you know, I told the Lord, I said, I'm going to go out when I'm out of here, and I'm going to paint. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I've been preaching a long time, but not with the art. And uh, when the Lord dealt with me to do it, now, I was in the hospital, I'd ran from it, <laughs> and um, I had done it one time seven years ago, and I stopped, and I ran, and uh, the Lord had been dealing with me, you know, to use art and uh, preaching together and music, and, and I just wouldn't do it, and um, I said, I'll do it, and I remember waking up uh, after I was supposed to have surgery, and I was feeling my, my chest, and I was like, well, everything's, everything's still here, you know, they didn't cut anything away, and uh, the doctor said, you know, uh, we can't find anything wrong with you. I said, all right, Lord, I got you. I got you, Lord. I got you. Um, so I went out about uh, two weeks after that, and I started painting. And um, at first I said, it, "It won't. you know, this won't amount to anything, but I'm going to be obedient because obedience is better than sacrifice. And I said, this won't amount to anything, and um, one led to another, and another, and another, and uh, about 200-something and something churches later, and, and and you know, I, uh, the Lord dealt with me, and, um, you know, to do something, if I had to listen, I may have been farther along than what I am now, but, you know, everybody has their own stubbornness they deal with. <laughs> so, uh, uh, he, he got my attention, but I want to give you a scripture, if you would stand for the And we're going to be in Philippians 1 and 6. And I love this scripture. It's, it's my life. Uh, it's really my testimony scripture because um, this is what I always tell people And uh, growing up. I memorized this as a kid, and I'm going to give, get into that in just a minute. I'm going to give you my testimony, and I'm going to give you the word give, the Lord gave me uh, from a young age, you know, this scripture. But the Bible says, In Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can be seated. I'm so glad that the Lord's still working on me. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of things he's still working on. And I'm so glad that he's not finished yet. And that excites me. If you're saved today, If you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you know what? I find that nobody wants to go to hell. A lot of people, I'm over at ETSU, and and we see, I see a lot of things, and a lot of things, a lot of things that that I have never seen before growing up. And um, when you get to talking, nobody wants to go to hell. Everybody wants a Savior, but not everybody wants a Lord. And so... I want to get into it. I want to tell you guys my testimony. And we're going to get right into the word. But uh, growing up, I was diagnosed with ADHD, hypertensia, dyslexia, autism. And one time they said they thought I had Down syndrome. They said, uh, long list. I can go on and on and on. But I remember being at six, between six and seven. I remember being at the doctor's office. And the doctor looked at my parents, and uh, I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember when the enemy tried to speak lies over my life and tried to stop me before I started. And the doctor looked at my parents and said, he'll he'll be in special ed the rest of his life. He'll never graduate. You'll be lucky if he can read. My father said, we all play music, and and, you know, our family, we do this and that, and you know, we were going to pass down these instruments to him, and the doctor laughed, and I remember it, because he laughed, and he said, "Um, I wouldn't bet on it. Now, my mom, my mother was raised um, a Southern Baptist, and my dad was a Church of God. So my mother was an old-time Southern Baptist, and when mom took her earrings off, everybody ran, and she took her earrings off at that doctor. I said, oh, she's going to get the doctor. (laughs) And, And I remember the ride home. And I remember the ride home from the doctor that day. And I looked at my my dad and I said, Dad, am I broken? And uh, my dad said, "Uh, you know, we know what the doctor says. But God has the final say. The Lord has the final say. And so, you know, um, growing up with all these things that that I was dealing with, um, I had two special seats in church. Because if I didn't, I got whoopings. Y'all, kids today, you don't know what a whooping is, but I got like five and six there in one church service all the time. <laughs> to where whoopings didn't bother me, I got used to them. <laughs> and, and so I sat behind uh, the associate pastor or behind the drums. And if I was there, I was okay. And one day the drummer was out of town. And I sat down behind the drums and they said, well, that's cute. And then I began playing them. And my dad began weeping. He got an appointment with the doctor. He said, you said this, but God wasn't finished yet. And so from that day forth, whatever the church needed, he moved me around. He said, you're going to learn this. We're going to get you lessons. We're going to get you lessons. You're going to learn the banjo. You're going to learn the mandolin. You're going to learn guitar. You're going to learn the bass. Whatever we need, I'm going to get you lessons, and you're going to do it. And so the doctor got so used to seeing us that he said, here's J.J. again. What has God done for you now? <laughs> and so I want you to know that if I were to listen to what I was told all the time, because this is the problem that I see, Pastor, going to churches like we do, the world and the church takes their values, and they listen too much to the world telling them what they're worth. But you were loved so much and you were worth so much that Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life and do this for you. See, it's time we stop listening to what the world says. It's time we stop listening to what the world says. So I want to tell you guys, um, so the Lord was teaching me how I learned. While the school system was telling me that I was dumb and disabled. And so when I learned how that I learned, you know, if I put my hands to it, it's, it's in here. And so the more I learned, the more I applied it to school, all of a sudden I tested out all special ed classes and was regular school and graduated with honors. And you know what? It wasn't because of nothing I did, it was because of God. But see, the way the Lord teaches me and the way I learn is, um, you know, I'll hear a song and I'll just begin to draw it. And the reason why that is, my, my mother says that we learned that from a young age if there was music in the house or art supplies, I was quiet. So there was always something in the house for me to, have, to do. That's why I'm here today. I didn't get killed. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful. For what I went through you know a lot of people's like Lord deliver me but the Lord's like I'm developing you, I'm developing you, I'm developing and this trials that we go through it's not going to destroy you it makes you it makes you it makes you well you don't know what I've been through I know what my Savior did for you I know what my Savior did for you and so I you know I was um, you know I had went to ETSU years ago but not for art, and so we started doing this. And there was a professor from ETSU showed up at one of the, the one of the events we did, and uh, they said, "In our art program, you need to sign up. There, there's scholarships." I said, "I'm I'm, uh, I'm too old," <laughs> and and I signed up anyways. And uh, you know, they called me within a week and said, "We're giving you a full scholarship." And so now, um, you know, we do. I do art in the morning and ministry at night. Uh, but at the school, a lot of times that's a place that we wouldn't expect the Lord to talk. Now I want y'all to listen, because it is a place where, um, you know, there's there's things, there's boys dressed as women, and, and women uh, that you don't know if they're women or men, and a little bit of everything. And that's the art department. They teach you to question everything. And uh, I said, Lord, why do you want me here? And, you know, um, the amazing thing is, uh, it don't matter where you're at. If you listen, the Lord will speak. And so I've got one of my favorite scriptures. And I have read this scripture all my life. And I never got it. So I was in class one day. I want you to listen. It's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things Or become new and so i had read that all my life and so i had a class with this professor and it was a painting class and he is classified as a master painter he's amazing and they teach you in that class you always paint from the top to the bottom you never start in the middle why sit down behind this canvas And, you know, I was like, I've been painting a long time. I I know what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I don't know if you've ever gotten that mood, um, you know, but I did. And I was like, I'm going to start where I want to start. And I put two hours into this painting, dead center. Well, something shiny, you know, caught my eye from across the room, as it does sometimes dealing with focusing and stuff. And I turned my head to the left, and I was painting, and my arm went like that. And so everything on that canvas caught right here and smeared from here over. I ruined that. Now, you you guys are laughing, and that's okay. But to me, that's my worship. I get focused. I'm listening to music. I'm focusing on Bible scriptures, and I'm just painting away. I have made a mess. I have ruined this. I was so frustrated, so aggravated. I said, I don't want nobody to know I've done this. You ever been there? I don't want nobody. I'm going to hide it. Come on, no, I'm not the only one. I'm going to hide it. And so I was trying to fix it. The more I did, the worse it got. The more I tried to make something come out of this mess, the uglier it got. So I said, you know what? I'm done with this. I grabbed the brush. I put some kilts on it. I was going to wipe it out and sit it over and get a new canvas. I got the brush up to the, up to the canvas. And the master said, give me the brush. Happened. I put the brush in the master painter's hand. He sat down behind that old mess that I had made. He sat down behind what I could not fix. He sat down what I tried to hide. He sat down and he just went. All of a sudden, I seen something beautiful. Come out of nothing. All of a sudden, I seen the mess that I made. It wasn't there. There was something new. There was something amazing. There was something that just blowed my mind. I seen beautiful, a beautifulness. You know, what what does it say? Talks about ashes, beauty for ashes. I seen something come out of a mess that I made. Because I give it over to the master. I said, sir, how do you do that? you got to know him. He looked at me and he smirked and he said, well, you've never been a master. I thought, well, I have tried so many times. I have tried to be a master so many times and it didn't work. And so he began to flick his wrist and just this, this beauty come out of something that just a couple of minutes ago I destroyed. I love the fact that you can become new. Old things are passed away. I love the fact that it's not who I was, and it's not about where I was going, it's where I'm going now and who I am now. I love the fact that I'm not what I used to be. I love the fact, he said, son, all painting is, is taking a big mess on canvas, moving it around, getting rid of the things that's not needed there, and bringing forth the things that are beautiful and the things you didn't even know was there. The Lord said, that's your life. That's your life. That's your life. So I'm, I'm so excited that we have a Savior that he loves you so much. So the Bible says, I love the next part of this verse. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. See, I'm here to tell you today that it's not about religion. It's not about the name over the door, but it's about relation. You know, we we go to Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, wherever the door opens, and I'm going to preach the same way, it's about a relationship. It's about a relationship. He said, "In all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means that he loves you so much and he wants a relationship so much with you That when there was a tear, a rift in the relationship, he did what had to be done so that you could know him. He sent his only begotten son to be that ultimate sacrifice so that you could have that relationship, so that you could be on your way. Come on. I love this because then he goes on to say, to the wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses." So he wasn't holding the sin against them. He was giving them a way to be forgiven. So if Jesus Christ can do it, if God can do it, church people, we got to do it. We got to do it. I love when we're in service pastor and a drunk walks in the back door. People throw them out. No, they need Jesus. Come on. I love when the prostitutes, when the drug dealers, when they walk in the service, because they need them more than I do. I love it. I love it. So the Bible tells us. He says he had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. In my experience, when the Lord says something, a word comes up over and over and over again. In my experience from my growing up, because they'd say, is, is it going out one ear? Is it going in one ear and coming out the other? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) You know, they have to say something over and over and over. Well, sometimes the Lord speaks the same way to us. He'll say something over and over and over, and he's trying to get your attention. What is this telling us? Well, then the Bible says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador means you represent your king in a far-off country. That means in everything you do, everywhere you go, you represent your king. Then it says, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. What does this tell me? You know what I've learned? I've learned that I can read a book about Corey. I can learn the facts. I can memorize a book about Corey. But until I talk to Corey and have a relationship with him, I still don't know Corey. I know people can quote the Bibles frontwards and backwards. I'm going to tell you, I I write everything down. I've forgotten more than most men know. I'll be honest with you. i just tell you, I have to write names down. I've got a little book, and you know, that's okay. Um, I don't want to just read the Word. I want to apply it to my life. What do you mean? I mean, this whole chapter is about relationship. See, I want to explain something to you. The thing I've learned at school right now, I have a critique partner that's a pastor's son, and he's gay. And he told me, he said, I don't go to church because these are the scriptures that they're going to preach. He knows the Bible frontwards and backwards. He knows every scripture in the Bible about it. He said, I've heard it. I know where I'm going. I've heard it. I've heard it. See, the the world don't want to hear it. They want to see it. They want to see the love of Christ. They want to see the love of Christ. I'm going to say it again. They want to see it. He knows the word. He knows where he's going if he was to die. He told me. So I want you all to know it's about that relationship. So the Bible says, and I'm going to finish up, I won't keep you long, but it says in verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So one of the biggest things that that I hear is, you don't know what I've done, and you don't know the things that I've hid from the pastor. You don't know the things that I did last night. The youth pastor don't know. They're awful. I know that whatever you've done was on that cross. When he was bleeding down. It It was on that cross. So that you could be forgiven. And let me say it again. It was on that cross. So you could be forgiven. What does that tell me? That we have a Savior who loves us. We have a God that loves us so much. He gave up his only begotten son. We have a Savior that was willing to die for you. What does that tell me? He wants to know you. He wants to know you. When you put the brush in the master painter's hand, he can make something beautiful out of a mess you made. He did it for me. The Bible says, and I'm, I'm going to read one more scripture because I, I love this. But he says, and he that, and it says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto their, themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I lived unto myself, even though the things I saw God do, to my, do in my life. So I want you to know, tonight, it's good to know the word. Study to show thyself approved. It's good to know the word. But it also says be a doer, not just a hearer. And the world needs to see. They've heard John three sixteen. They know John 3.16. They heard Jesus loves them. But what if we show them the love of Christ? Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. What if we show them what's in here, the God that's in us? Because you know what I tell some of our young people? I tell the kids that we run into, uh, and I see some of these kids, some of these kids that go to church and different churches, they're, they're, they're the only ones that go to church. The whole family's lost. We run into kids, the whole family's drug dealer. We run into kids, the whole family, they're in social services. You know what? Sometimes you're the only Jesus those kids get to see. Sometimes what's in you, come on, what's in you is what they get to see, whether it be of God or not. So I just want to ask you today, I'll finish up here. I love how Jesus could take 12 rough men and turn them into something amazing that turned the world around. But I love what Jesus said. He said, Whom does man say I am? You know, they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. See, I want you to understand something. Everybody has an opinion of who Jesus is. And everybody at my school, they've got an opinion. It don't mean it's right. It don't mean it rhymes up with the word. Everybody's going to tell you who they think Jesus is. But then he said, whom do you say I am? So I want to ask you tonight, I'm going to give this back to the pastor. Who is he to you? Is he just somebody you read about? And, you know, Jesus loves us, he died on the cross. Or is he somebody that you have a relationship with? Is he somebody that you love and you talk to the Lord, and you read that word not just to be? I read my Bible today, but no, I want to know you, Lord. I want to apply this. I want to. I want to live this. I want to ask you, who is he to you? Come on, Pastor. Thank you.